0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Parenting Translator newsletter and podcast. I'm Dr. Kara Goodwin and today I'm going to be talking about the research on childhood anxiety, including how to know if your child has anxiety and what to do about it as a parent. So anxiety disorders are the most common mental health concern in children and the rates of anxiety in children have been growing dramatically. So A meta analysis, um, and a meta analysis is a study that combines data from all previous studies on a topic. So, a meta analysis from 2021 found that 20.5% of children worldwide have symptoms of anxiety. So, childhood anxiety is extremely common. So, in today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about how do you know if your child has anxiety? What are the common anxiety disorders in children? Is your child's anxiety your quote-unquote fault as a parent? And when and how to seek professional help? So first, how do you know if your child has anxiety? So all of us who are parents know that it's really normal for children to have fears that seem irrational or out of proportion to the actual danger there is, Um, like being afraid of the dark is a great example, or um, being worried about your parents leaving. Um, So a lot of children show anxiety about their parents leaving. But most children seem to outgrow these fears with age, or the fears do not interfere with the child's ability to do important things like make friends, go to school, sleep, or engage in other activities that are important to them or to the family. So parents should start to be concerned if the fear or anxiety does not seem typical for their age or if it starts to interfere with important activities for your child, like sleep or going to school, or important activities for the family, Um, so like interfering with your work as a parent or your ability to um, engage in activities that everyone in your family enjoys. Children with anxiety often show some of the following symptoms. So they may complain of stomach or head problems. They may have difficulty falling or staying asleep. They might have difficulty concentrating. They could seem overly tired or on edge. They could have excessive worrying. Um, They could avoid certain things or activities that make them anxious. And they also may show irritability or being um, more prone to anger. So it's very important to know that when you see this childhood irritability, um, that it might be related to anxiety. It's really important to know too that anxiety can look really different in children than in adults. So in children, it's common that anxiety involves physical complaints. Like Stomachache, headache, being tired or not able to sleep. So they may um, put their anxiety into some sort of physical description that makes sense to them. It might also look like irritability or anger more than nervousness. So if you have a child that's really irritable, um, that could be a sign of anxiety. Young children may also not be able to describe their anxious thoughts or to accept that their thoughts are irrational or unreasonable. Older children with anxiety may know that their thoughts are unreasonable, but still not be able to control them and still feel anxious as a result. So when we talk about anxiety in children, what are the specific diagnoses that we're talking about? So first is um, generalized anxiety disorder. So generalized anxiety disorder is a general pattern of anxiety that is not specific to a particular object or event. So children with generalized anxiety disorder may worry constantly about a variety of topics, or they may show physical signs of anxiety that are kind of present a lot of the time. And their anxiety is so distressing that it interferes with school and other activities. The second disorder I want to talk about is separation anxiety disorder. So separation anxiety disorder is different than the typical child that just doesn't like being separated from their primary caregivers. So children with separation anxiety disorder would show a more extreme response to separation that is either more intense or lasts longer than other children their age. So for example, if it's three months into starting a daycare and they're still just losing it every morning, then that might be a sign of separation anxiety disorder. Children with separation anxiety disorder may worry that something happens to their caregivers while they're away. So that might be something you might um, notice as a red flag when they're saying that they're worried that something might happen to you when they leave you. Um, The third disorder I want to talk about is social anxiety disorder. So social anxiety disorder is when children are afraid of social situations. Older children might voice that they're worried about being judged or viewed negatively by others. Um, Social anxiety disorder often results in school avoidance or avoiding any type of social situation. The next disorder I want to talk about is panic disorder. Um, Panic disorder is diagnosed when children have regular, unpredictable panic attacks and have a persistent worry about having another one. So a panic attack um, involves the feeling of heart pounding, trouble breathing, dizziness, and feeling shaky or sweaty. The next disorder I want to talk about is a specific phobia. So a specific phobia is a strong fear about a particular situation or object. Um, These fears are so intense that they cause extreme distress and stop the child from going places or doing things that they want to do or that you as a parent want them to do. Common examples could include um, shots, that's a frequent one that we deal with this time of year, or just going to the doctor or dentist in general, dogs, thunderstorms, vomit. Um, These are all examples of specific phobias that are common in children. The final disorder I want to talk about is selective mutism. So this is a very misunderstood disorder. So selective mutism occurs when children have trouble talking or refuse to talk in situations that are new or uncomfortable for them. So these children don't have trouble communicating with familiar people and familiar situations, but they only have trouble in anxiety-provoking situations, which are often unfamiliar people or an unfamiliar situation. So is your child's anxiety your quote-unquote fault as a parent? Um A meta-analysis, which again is a study that combines data from all previous studies on a topic, found that only 4% of the variance in childhood anxiety is related to parenting. So that means that most cases of child anxiety are not caused or made worse by parenting. For most children, there is nothing you did or did not do to cause your child's anxiety. However, just because parenting is unlikely to have caused anxiety, it does not mean that there's nothing you can do to help your child learn to cope with anxiety, or reduce their experience of anxiety. So how can you help your child? So research finds that parents play a really clear role in helping their child to cope with anxiety. A recent study found that training parents in effective ways to manage their child's anxiety was just as effective at in reducing chi- anxiety symptoms as direct child therapy. So you can definitely have a huge impact on your child. So what can you do according to research? Um, So first, explain what anxiety is and take away the shame. So explain to your child that there is nothing wrong with them and that anxiety is not, quote unquote, bad. Anxiety is there to protect them. So you can describe their brain as being more likely to have false alarms. So you can use the analogy of a smoke alarm. Um, So a lot of children have experiences with smoke alarms in their house, you know, going off. Um, because dinner was burned. And that is a false alarm. So when a false alarm happens, it means that their brain is telling them that there is danger when really they are safe. Um, you can explain that this happens to everyone and maybe even give an example of when it happened to you, either as a child or as an adult. When your child is anxious, you also want to avoid any sort of accommodating behaviors. So um, accommodating behaviors are when you provide too much reassurance or help the child to avoid what makes them anxious. So many well-intentioned parents of anxious children um, get in the pattern of kind of shielding their children from anxiety or avoiding anything that might trigger anxiety. Um, And none of us want to see our children in pain. So it's so clear to understand how this happens. But we know from research that avoiding anxiety-provoking events only makes anxiety worse and keeps the child reliant on their parents coping with the situation so they don't have to learn how to do it themselves. It also reinforces the idea that the situation is something that they should be afraid of. Um, You know, They might see even their parents are worried about it. So that reinforces the idea that this is something to be anxious about. It also communicates to the child that they are not capable of handling it on their own. Examples of accommodating behaviors can include speaking for a chi- shy child, answering repetitive questions when the child is worried about something, or avoiding any events that make your child anxious. You also want to make sure that you validate and empathize with their anxiety. So, at the same time you know we want to avoid these accommodating behaviors, but we also don't want to ignore or invalidate our kids' anxiety. So, we should acknowledge that um, their anxiety is real to them and that it is difficult for them, even if, and often it does, seem totally irrational to us. Um, So for example, you can say, I can tell that was really scary for you, even if you did not experience it as scary yourself. Um, So you want to validate and empathize with their anxiety, but Also, encourage them gently and gradually to face their fears. So after you acknowledge and empathize with their anxiety, then you want to encourage them to face their fears. So parents should help their children to take um, baby steps towards facing their fears. So think, break down their fear into a step-by-step process and help them to very gradually face their fears. You can also encourage them by saying, you know, I know this makes you nervous, but I know you can handle it. Parents can also, after they take that baby step towards facing their fear, make sure that you praise that brave behavior and give it a lot of positive attention. So you acknowledge that the child um, was anxious and that it was very difficult for them. Um, but they did it anyway. So rather than invalidating their experience with something like, you know, oh, see, that wasn't so bad, make sure you acknowledge it was difficult, but they did it anyway. It can also be helpful for parents to teach their children to learn how to tolerate uncertainty. So many children and adults with anxiety will try to avoid anxiety by reducing the uncertainty in their environment. So help your child to face uncertainty and learn to tolerate uncertainty in their environment by um, helping them to learn how to cope with uncertainty. So this could include not answering repetitive questions, Um, making their days slightly different, like packing them a slightly different snack or lunch every day, trying out new activities they are nervous about, driving a different way to school, changing the order of a routine. So introducing gradually uncertainty in their environment and then helping them to cope with it. Um, It's also important for parents to encourage their child's independence and ability to make choices on their own. So allow your child the freedom to make mistakes, take risks, and even make the wrong decision from time to time. So research finds that when parents are overly controlling, they're more likely to have a child with anxiety. Um, Although this parenting practice of being overprotective um, could reflect the parent's anxiety themselves, it also makes sense that this behavior um, hurts children's confidence. So make sure you're giving your child the chance to have independence and make their own decisions. So finally, when and how do you seek professional help? So parents can certainly help their children to cope with anxiety, but it's also important to seek professional help when needed for childhood anxiety. So how do you know if you need to ask for help? So parents should seek help for any of the following reasons. So If their child's anxiety seems to be interfering with important functions in their life, like sleep, eating, school, or engaging in any activities that they used to enjoy, you also may want to seek help if the strategies you're trying for your child's anxiety don't seem to be helping or making anxiety worse. Um, You might want to seek help if your child has been exposed to a traumatic event that is causing anxiety or if their anxiety tends to be getting worse over time. If you do think your child needs professional help, ask your pediatrician or school counselor for a referral to a psychologist, doctor, or other mental health professional. Um, They may conduct an evaluation of your child, which likely involves some questionnaires and talking to you and your child about their symptoms. And after the evaluation, you will be told whether your child meets criteria for an anxiety disorder and what your treatment options might be. Um, research finds that therapy and medication are very effective at treating childhood anxiety. And in particular, a type of therapy called cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, helps most children with anxiety to show improvement in symptoms. Research also finds that therapy with um, something called in-session exposure, which means exposing children to what makes them anxious during the therapy session may help to improve anxiety symptoms. Um, Parents can ask their providers whether they um, have been trained in CBT and use exposure in their sessions to determine if their approach is backed by research. Um, So that's all for today on childhood anxiety disorders. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Parenting Translator newsletter and podcast and listen next week for more research back tips for parents. Parenting Translator is a nonprofit organization, so all of these podcasts and the information they provide are given to you for free. If you would like to support our work, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Thank you so much.